Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Monday, March 7th. Coming up on the show today, the Nashville Predators put together a stunning performance on Saturday. Nashville SC continues its hot start to the season. Belmont's final game as a member of the OVC doesn't exactly go the way Bruins fans had hoped, but we begin with the SEC tournament bracket getting set after a huge final weekend in the conference. We, of course, are brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Make sure you check out their work. If you own a home and you're going to make any big decisions, it's pretty clear you need all the information. So talk to the folks at the Kingston Group. They are locally owned, they're award-winning, and they've been successful in Nashville for over a decade for a reason. That's the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Make sure you talk to them before you make any big financial decisions about your house, all right? After a rousing final weekend of action, the SEC men's basketball tournament bracket down in Tampa is set. By way of their four-point home win over Arkansas, the Tennessee Volunteers clinched the two-seed in the SEC tournament and a second-place finish in the conference, just one game behind number 1 Auburn, who won the regular season SEC championship by beating South Carolina over the weekend. Kentucky beat Florida on the road to finish number 3, while Arkansas finished as the four-seed. Auburn was 15-3 in SEC play this year and is in line for a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, while Tennessee and Kentucky finished tied at 14-4 and and Arkansas was 13-5. Those four will get the double bye in the SEC tournament and will not play until the quarterfinals on Friday. Auburn and Arkansas will get games in the morning window, and Tennessee and Kentucky will get the evening slot, with a likely rubber match between the Vols and Wildcats looming in the SEC semifinals on Saturday. Uh, yes, please. Which, of course, is really the most important thing to know about UT heading into the tournament. With yet another top 15 win on Saturday and a second place finish, as long as the Vols make it to Saturday, they've locked up a three seed in the NCAA tournament. Advancing to Sunday in the conference championship game or even winning on Sunday, and this Vols team could easily get to the two line on selection Sunday. On the other side of that equation, Kentucky has an opportunity should they win the whole thing this weekend. They might even be able to get to a one seed line. Strangely enough, no other team in the league even finished with a winning conference record as, listen to this, LSU, Alabama, South Carolina, Texas A&M, and Florida all finished tied at 9-9 as the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth seeds in the bracket, which is just completely bizarre. Tennessee will face the winner of the South Carolina-Mississippi State 7-10 matchup, which will take place on Thursday. Vanderbilt and Jerry Stackhouse finished the regular season on a flourish with a road win over Ole Miss to end the year 7-11 in the league and 15-15 overall. Vandy had just six SEC wins total over the last two seasons combined, so this team has taken a giant step forward. The Commodores finished 11th in the conference and will play Georgia in the first round of the SEC tournament on Wednesday evening. The very first game of the SEC tournament will feature 13-seeded Ole Miss versus 12-seeded Missouri at 5 o'clock Central Time on Wednesday. Normally, I don't really do box score type of recaps on this show. I try to tell you what happens quickly because I assume you've probably already seen highlights or the score on some social media feed at this point. I want to try to tell you what it means. But an 8 to nothing hockey game, the largest margin of victory in a road game ever in franchise history, after the worst five weeks of hockey of the season, that's worth some time because that is exactly what the Predators did on Saturday to San Jose out in California. Three different players scored twice. Matt Duchesne's two goals tied Philip Forsberg for the team lead with 27 on the season, as both guys are chasing down Victor Arvidsson's single-season franchise record of 34. They are both currently on pace to break that record. 
Matt Luff and Michael McCarron each scored twice as well, which means the duo scored more goals in one game on Saturday, four, than they had scored the entire season combined, three. Mikhail Granlin and Yakov Trenin each added a goal as well. Philip Tomasino had three assists, and El Capitan Roman Yossi had four helpers, bringing his season total to 45, as he is also chasing both the single-season franchise assist record of 54 and the all-time single-season points record as well. He has appropriately 59 points in 53 games and is on pace to break Paul Correa's single-season franchise points record of 85. Both Correa's assist record of 54 and points record of 85 were set back in 2006. He is the only player who has ever topped 80 points in a single season as a Nashville Predator, and right now, not just Yossi, but also Duchesne are on pace to reach 80 points this season. And oh, by the way, UC Saros made 20 saves in his third shutout of the year. It was a huge two points, an offensive explosion, and a near-perfect 60 minutes from a team playing the worst hockey of its season. So now, entering a huge week with two monstrous home games against two teams right behind them in the standings, chasing them for playoff spots, Dallas on Tuesday and Anaheim on Thursday, the only question for the Nashville Predators is, I sure hope you save some ammunition for this week. For more on the Predators and their huge week of action and the impending trade deadline, and of course, some Forsberg rumors, be sure to subscribe to the Gold Standard Podcast covering the Nashville Predators. On Saturday evening, Nashville SC looked like it was going to do the unthinkable, take six points in two outright wins on the road in their first two matches of the season. In just the fourth minute of the match against Minnesota on Saturday, Captain Dax McCarty sent a deep ball into the box where Hani Mukhtar effortlessly one-touched it back in front of the center of the goal where CJ Sapong banged it home and gave Nashville SC a 1-0 lead. Then after multiple posts and missed scoring chances from both teams, along with an hour-long lightning delay, Minnesota tied it up in the 71st minute off of a rebound of a set piece. Of course, set-piece defense, a concern already in 2022. There was some questionable officiating, long spells of really solid SC control, but after the weather delay, Nashville's attacking half of the field was virtually unplayable, featuring a huge mud puddle basically in front of the goal, so not exactly a perfect indicator of how good both of these two teams were in the second half. So with the missed chances and maybe a missed penalty kick on Mukhtar, the weather, the delay, the late concession, it may feel a bit like a letdown to only gain one point and a draw. However, taken on the whole, Nashville SC has gone on the road to two of the more hostile Western Conference stadiums in the first two weeks of the season and gotten four points and two results, both of which came in really bad weather. It may not feel like it, but it is a great start to the season as we inch closer to the new stadium opening on May 1st. There are six more road matches to go before we christen that bad boy down at the fairgrounds, and for now, SC is near the top of the Western Conference standings. For more on Nashville SC, make sure you are subscribed to the Club and Country Podcast, now brought to you by our wonderful new sponsor, ML Rose, which is also home to SC watch parties for every road match. I took the family on Saturday to the beer garden to watch, and it was a ton of fun. And I'll just be honest with you, craft beer and burgers are definitely a part of our corporate culture here at 440. And a big shout out to the Music City Heaters and the Eastern Front for making these watch parties happen. Uh, M.O. Rose back there in the back on 8th Avenue. Great place to watch the game. You got the sound turned on, four big TVs, great beer, great burgers, awesome time to take the kids, watch a match. It's fantastic. The boys in gold will be back on the pitch against FC Dallas on Saturday at 730. John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies continue to roll through the NBA. And after a Golden State losing streak, they now sit as the two seed in the Western Conference. 
Morant is slowly taking over people's social media feeds nationally as the rest of the country starts to realize how much of a highlight reel he truly is, like on every single possession. And while the Suns have run away with the one seed in the Western Conference, the best way for this Memphis team to gain some national notoriety is to keep winning basketball games. This team has shown progress in each of the last few seasons with Morant leading the way. And now they have a chance to be a freaking two seed in the Western Conference? It is insane to think about. And for the one billionth time, fans in Nashville should be watching this team. Speaking of John Morant, the very first automatic bid was clinched this weekend when Morant's alma mater, Murray State, beat Moorhead State in the OVC championship game, clinching a spot in the big dance. Why do people care? Well, Moorhead beat Belmont on Friday in the conference semifinal, ending the Bruins' chances of earning an NCAA tournament spot. Casey Alexander's bunch was 25-7 and this year and was second in the conference regular season standings, but for a second straight year bounced early in the conference tournament and will miss their chance at an automatic bid. Unfortunately, the tournament was canceled back in Alexander's first season two years ago after winning both the regular season and conference tournament championships, which means that in three years as the Belmont head coach, he has yet to get his team to the NCAA tournament, even if a big chunk of that really isn't his fault. And despite great basketball and excellent records, this Belmont team simply isn't close enough to the big boys to start earning at-large bids and consideration, which of course is one of, if not the biggest reasons the university decided to leave the OVC and join the Missouri Valley Conference this fall, fall of 22. So the loss to Moorhead was the final game that the Belmont Bruins will ever play as a member of the Ohio Valley Conference. The Full 40 is brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. It's Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. And oh, by the way, they're award winning. So if you own a home and you're going to make a big decision, make sure you talk to the folks at the Kingston Group. That's BuildKG.com. BuildKG.com. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. Please check out the YouTube page as well. We'll have another long form for you coming up this week with Zach Lyons. So make sure you check that out. Rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Follow us on all the socials. I know that's a lot of requests, but please help us out here. Uh, my name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Monday, March 7th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.